Romans 10, 17 says, So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. Healing is God's will. And when you walk out of here today, I don't want you doubting that. Again and again and again, we see his son, our savior, healing all or healing many. So predominantly what I'm doing today is I'm going to read to you a whole lot. And you can turn and follow along or you can listen. But I want you to purpose yourself to let these words be nourishment to your body today. Matthew is probably, the, and I don't even have all of them here, y'all. Matthew is probably the thickest gospel for scriptures on healing. Matthew 4.23, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. How many? Okay, just want to make sure I read it right. Among the people. The news about him spread throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all who were healed, those suffering with various diseases and pains, demoniacs, epileptics, and paralytics. And would you know what he did to them? He didn't shun them and say, oh, a sniffle I can do, but you demoniacs, ooh, you're too bad. Pretty sure it says, and he healed them. Matthew 8, 7, Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. But the centurion said, listen to this, Lord, I'm not worthy for you to come under my roof, but just say the word. My servant will be healed. Matthew 8, 13, and Jesus said to the centurion, go, it shall be done for you as you have believed And the servant was healed at that very moment. Did the servant have to do anything? Did the centurion have to do anything? He just believed. Matthew 8, 16. When evening came, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with the word. And he healed how many? All who were ill. All. A-L-L. Y'all, this is a gift. It's a free gift. We're just getting started. How many of these people had to do anything except come to him? Did they bring anything? Did they beg and plead and cry and promise? How much did this cost them? It was free. It was a gift. We just, well, we just got done with Christmas. We kind of just got done with Christmas. It seemed like last week. Some of us just got our Christmas decorations put up a few weeks ago. But y'all, I get really excited. Like Christmas is my favorite holiday. I love celebrating Jesus, and I love giving presents. Like, I get excited. I hate shopping, but when it comes time to buy presents, I'm all about it. And I wrap my presents real pretty, and I put name tags on it, and I sneak in sometimes, and I'll hide it in different places under the tree. The present that says to Abby or Eo, is it any less theirs because they haven't opened it? It's theirs. What happens if they leave it under the tree? December 25th comes and it goes. Eo's already ripped into her presence. But Abigail left one there. Is it any less hers? It's hers. You had a present that was bought and paid for with the most expensive of means. And it was laid at the foot of the cross. It is no less yours if you choose to leave it there. That is your free gift. My kids don't have to do anything to get presents at Christmas. Why? I love them. They may have had a bad day, a bad week. We could have had a rough year. 
Maybe grades dropped. Maybe behavior wasn't what it should be. Do I love him any less? My love isn't contingent. Love is a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving. Who do you think taught us that? You've got gifts. Now Luke, on the other hand, you've got to hold him back. Because if there's a present under the tree, and Miss Rachel's taught him how to write his name and read his name. So if he sees an L-U-K-E, he's like, And he'll look, and he'll give that little. Some of y'all seen Luke do it when he knows he's not supposed to be doing something. But the moment you say, okay, let's say it's a gift bag. There's tissue everywhere. And he pulls it out. He expects. He expects. Because he knows mommy and daddy loves him. He asked this morning for a mint. Boy, he's his daddy's boy. He said, can I have a mint? I said, why would I do that? He said, because you're a sweet mommy. <laughs> he knew it had nothing to do with him. Not a thing to do with him. It all has to do with the love of the Father. These are your free gifts. Matthew 9, 35 Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. How about this one? Matthew 12, 10. And a man was there whose hand was withered. And they questioned Jesus, asking, Who oh, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? So that they might accuse him. And he said to them, What man is there among you who has a sheep, and if it falls into a pit on the Sabbath, will he not take hold of it and lift it out? How much more valuable, then, is a man than a sheep? So then, is it lawful to do good on the Sabbath? Then he said to the man, Stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out, and it was restored like normal, just like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him as to how they may destroy him. Jesus, aware of this, withdrew from there. Many followed him and healed him. Then a demon-possessed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him so that the mute man spoke and saw. How much does Jesus care about our religious law? Not a bit. He he, he, the only thing he cares about is the word of God and the will of God. And I'm telling you right now, if religious law and the will of God don't line up, the love of God is going to win every time. It doesn't matter if we get in here and we open with a greeting. We may not even get halfway through the first song. Maybe pastor wants to go ahead and preach right then. We've seen that before. Are we supposed to follow what our handout says? A doctrine of how the, how the message is supposed to run? What about if we're at work? And God tells us to do something. Oh, but Lord, I'm at work. I can speak to that when I'm HR. I'm the one that has to tell people we're not supposed to talk about religion or what you call it, politics. But guess who's the first one out in the parking lot praying for somebody if they need it? Here's why. Because if my Lord tells me to go lay hands on a co-worker, guess what? <laughs> peace out, y'all. God's word wins every time. When the time comes that you have to say, but what if, put your butt behind you and get to doing whatever God's told you to do. Mark 14, 14, and he went ashore. He saw a large crowd and he felt compassion for them and healed their sick. Matthew 15, 28, then Jesus said to her, O woman, your faith is great. It shall be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed at once. Large crowds came to him, bringing with them those who were lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. And they laid him at his feet, and he healed them. So the crowd marveled 
as they saw the mute speaking, the crippled restored, the lame walking, the blind seeing, and they glorified the God of Israel. Yeah, there was tons of different types right there. Lame, crippled, blind, mute, and many others. That's a whole lot. We saw earlier demoniacs. Pretty sure we've seen in Deuteronomy anything with a name or unnamed. It's under the curse. Jesus has done destroy that curse, y'all. If it's against the word of God, it's illegal. And we don't have to allow it. In fact, Jesus has done said, you've got blessings and cursings, good, bad. Let me give you the answers to the question, choose life. Circle that one. If it's under the curse, you are not asked. You are not expected. You are not even desired to carry it. Because you've been redeemed from it. Matthew 17, 15. Lord, have mercy on my son, for he's a lunatic and very ill. For he often falls into the fire and often into the water. I brought him to your disciples and they couldn't cure him. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long do I have to be with you? I'm pretty sure he said this about me before. How long do I have to put up with you? I've given you the cheat sheet. Bring him here. And Jesus rebuked the demon. And the demon came out of him. And the boy was cured at once. Right away. Matthew 19. When Jesus had finished these words, he departed from Galilee, came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan, and large crowds followed him and healed them there. Matthew 21. And the blind and the lame came in the temple and he healed them. But let's have another testimony. Let's go to Mark. Mark 1. And he healed many who were ill with various kinds of diseases and cast out many demons. And he was not permitting the demons to speak because they knew who he was. Do the demons know who you are? You're a child of God. If we want the enemy to know who we are, we have to know who we are. Kind of like a kid learning to walk. What did Lizzie do when she was first, you know, learning to walk? She'd fall, but she'd get back up. But what does she do now? She's like everywhere. She knows who she is. She knows she can walk. Is there holding her back? Not often. Try to stop a toddler. Good luck. Try to stop a man or a woman of God who knows who they are. See, with the toddler, we can pick them up and we can distract them. And the demons try to do that. They whisper in our ears and they distract us. But if we know who we are, if we know what the word is, there's no distracting us and there's no demon in hell that can stop us. So when they try to whisper in our ear, we do like Jesus, and we don't even permit them to speak. This is the authority you have. What did Jesus do? Only what he saw and heard the Father do and say. Is God your Father? Then what are you to do? Only what God has done or said for you to do. He said, tell the demons to shut up and go away. Mark 3, for he had healed many, and with the result that all those who had afflictions pressed around him in order to touch him. Mark 5, for she thought, if I just touch his garments, if I just touch his anointed garments, I will be well. Immediately, the flow of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. Down in verse 34, and he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. This is why we have prayer cloths. 
If anybody doesn't know, because we pray over them, we anoint them, we empower them with the anointing of God, then when we take them to someone who is sick or oppressed, needing a touch from God, all they have to do is but touch his garments and they shall be healed. Luke, the dude's a physician. He probably lost some business because of Jesus. Yet he testifies. Luke 5, one day he was teaching, and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. And some men were carrying on a bed a man who was paralyzed, and they were trying to bring him in and to set him down in front of him. But not finding a way to bring him in because of the crowd, they went up to the roof, let him down through the tiles with the stretcher in the middle of the crowd in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, he said, Friends, your sins are forgiven you. The scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, Who is this man who speaks blasphemies, who can forgive sins but God alone? But Jesus, aware of their reasonings, answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts? Which is easier to say, your, friends are forgive, your sins are forgiven you, or get up and walk? But so that you may know the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, get up, pick up your stretcher, go home. Immediately he got up before them and picked up what he had been lying on and went home glorifying God. They were all struck with astonishment and began glorifying God. They were filled with fear, saying, we've seen remarkable things today. These men didn't let opposition stop them. They didn't see a huge crowd and say, oh, I guess it's not my day. I'll try to get here an hour earlier tomorrow. They said, no. They said, I know where the answers are. I know what my friend needs, and it's there, and I'm not stopping. I will find a way. I will move the roof if I have to. Parents, what you going to do for your kids if they need something? When Abigail was going through all her stuff at three months old, this is why we sent the chaplain out of the room. This is why we didn't call certain friends and family. Because there was not a word, there was not a thought that was going to stop my child from getting healing. I didn't carry her from nine months. I didn't go through labor with her. I didn't get to know her and fall in love with her for somebody to rip her out of my hands. So it may have seemed rude to some people when we told the chaplain, thank you so much, but we're okay. That may have seemed ungodly. This is a man of God coming to pray with you. How dare you send away a man of God? We didn't disrespect him. We were polite. But man of God or not, if he doesn't hold true to the full counsel of the word of God, he's not laying a hand on my child. He's not saying a word over my child. Unless it is child, be healed, get up and walk. It doesn't matter what the world thinks you look like. They probably look crazy. Climbing up on a roof with a man on a stretcher. I'm sure that was quite the feat. They probably look rude. Ripping apart somebody's roof. Don't you know? Somebody put time, sweat. You've got splinters making this roof. How dare you tear, tear it apart? You see somebody that needs Jesus? Do you know him? Do you know Jesus? Then do you know the answer? Then don't stop because the world says you look crazy. You do look crazy. And they look crazy. You know why? Because we don't think like each other. You might as well go ahead and look in the mirror when you get up and say, Lord, this is me. I look crazy, and I'm happy about it. I will look crazy for you. I'm either going to look crazy on a football field with my face and belly painted and a bear in hand going, we're or I'm going to look crazy, anointed with your oil and your word, going, Hallelujah. You just, just got to decide who you're going to be crazy, crazy for. Yep. 
Luke 6, Jesus came down with them and stood on a level place. And there was a large crowd of his disciples and a great throng of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the coastal region of Tyre and Sidon who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were being cured. And all the people were trying to touch him. For power was coming from him and healing them all. Luke 7, now Jesus started on his way with them, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, Lord, do not trouble yourself further, for I am not worthy for you to come under my roof. For this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority, with soldiers under me, and I say to one, go, and he goes. I say, come, and he comes. And to my slave, do this, and he does it. Now when Jesus heard this, he marveled at him and turned and said to the crowd that was following, I say to you, not even in Israel have I found such great faith. When those who had been sent returned to the house, they found the slave in good health. What happens when I tell Abigail, go get Luke dressed? She does it. What happens when I tell Rachel, Go brush your teeth, get your shoes on, we're leaving in five minutes. She does it. So why do we expect God to say something and us not act? We're people with authority. Everybody in here has authority. You've been given it, whether you have a child, whether you're a boss, whether you're a friend, whether you're just a person of God, you've been given authority. If we say go, the demons must go. If Jesus says be healed, who are we to not be healed? To reason with him and go, but Lord, you just don't know. I'm telling you now, on a Sunday morning, when I say go get your shoes on, brush your teeth, we're leaving in five minutes, in four and a half minutes, you better be in the car. Because in 30 seconds, we're pulling out the driveway. And my kids know this, and they respect this. When Jesus says, be healed, how dare we not be healed? Luke 8, the people went out to see what happened, and they came to Jesus and found the man from whom the demons had gone out, sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they became frightened. Those who had seen it reported it to them how the man was demon-possessed and made well. I'm telling you now, when the world gets a hold of the fact that the word of God is true, they will become frightened. When the church gets a hold of the fullness of the word of God, they will become frightened. Why? Because it's real. Because it means, oh snap, I actually got to believe this stuff. It means there's a hell to shun and a heaven to gain. And I can't just sit here lollygagging. It means i got to make up my mind who I'm going to be. Don't worry about what they feel, what they think. You go about doing what God's called you to do. Luke 9, but the crowds were aware of this and followed him and welcoming them. He began to speak to them about the kingdom of God and curing those who had need of healing. Verse 42, while he was still approaching, the demons slammed him to the ground and threw him into a convulsion. But Jesus rebuked the unclean spirit, healed the boy, and gave him back to his father. Luke 22, how about this one? One of them struck the slave of the high priest and cut off his right ear. But Jesus answered and said, stop, no more of this. He touched the ear and healed them. Do you know this story? This is when Jesus is getting arrested for doing nothing wrong. Falsely accused, falsely persecuted, falsely knowing he was going to suffer pain and agony that we can't wrap our mind around. Yet even in persecution, what did he do? He healed. He poured out the love of God. He looked at 
Lord, what is your will? You've told me to pray. Let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He didn't say when they're not persecuting me. He didn't say just when you feel like it. Just when you've had eight hours of sleep in your coffee. He said no matter what you see, no matter what you feel, no matter what they are doing, you go and you cause my will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. John 4, therefore he came again to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water wine. And there was a royal officer whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus had come out of Gal Judea into Galilee, he went to him and was imploring him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Listen to this sentence. This is important. This is why you need to get these things. Jesus said, Unless you people see signs and wonders, you simply will not believe. The royal official said to him, Sir, come down before my child dies. Jesus said to him, Go, your son lives. The man believed the word that Jesus spoke to him and started off. And, as, and he was going now. His slave met him, saying that his son was living. So he inquired of them the hour when he began to get better. Then they said to him, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. So the father knew it was at that hour in which Jesus said to him, Your son lives. And he himself believed in his whole household. We're not chasing the signs and wonders. But God will use the signs and wonders. Look at this world. What do they follow after? You've got all these superheroes. This one can turn himself into fire and run. This one can put his hand out and he can stop a train. This one can climb walls. This one can fly with a train and set it on the ground safely somewhere. Who's interested in Clark Kent? Nobody. They're interested in Superman. The world needs to see signs and wonders so their house will be saved. Because it's when they come to see the signs and wonders that we get to tell them where they come from. That we get to tell them who's the author and finisher of their faith. Who is the one that caused their son to live? He will absolutely use signs and wonders. So when you've got churches that don't believe in the power of speaking in tongue and praying God's will into earth, when you don't believe in people being raised from the dead or healings taking place or banks that had been empty suddenly having money in them, bills that you had owed, suddenly you get a note, well, I'm sorry, we made a mistake. Somehow we owe you. These are the things that God will use to bring glory to his name and people to their salvation. First Peter, and he himself bore our sins in his body so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds, you're going to be, you may be if he's having a good day, for by his wounds, you were. That's past tense. That means it's already done. Let's go to lunch. So we're healed. Now what? Matthew 10, 1. Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over the unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. Who did the healing here? Who went out? Was it Jesus? He sent the disciples. Matthew 10, 7 and 8. And as you go, preach, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out demons. Freely you have received. Freely give. Mark 6, Jesus sent the 12 disciples, and they were casting out many demons and were anointing with oil many sick people and healing them. Luke 9, and he sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to perform healing. Luke 10, whatever city you enter and they receive you, eat what is set before you. Somebody please place a chocolate bar in front of me. 
and heal those in it who are sick and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. Acts 3. And on the basis of faith in his name, it is the name of Jesus which has strengthened this man whom you see and know. And the faith which comes through him has given him the perfect health in the presence of you all. Acts 4, then Peter said, filled with the Holy Spirit to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all people of Israel by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By this name, this man stands here before you in good health. Whether they're singing your praises or wanting to put you in prison, you proclaim the name of Jesus. We've been sent to go and heal. But without the power of Jesus Christ within us, we can't do anything. We are to give glory to his name. Because here, in Acts 5, at the hands of those apostles, many signs and wonders were taking place among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's portico. But none of the rest dared to associate with them. However, the people held them in high esteem. People are going to hate you, and people are going to love you. It's a fact of life. And all the more believers in the Lord, multitudes of men and women, were constantly added to their number, to such an extent that they even carried the sick out into the streets and laid them on cots and on pallets so that when Peter came by, his shadow might fall upon one of them. Also, the people from the city in the vicinity of Jerusalem were coming together, bringing people who were sick and afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all being healed. This isn't a fairy tale. This is what you're called to do. Acts 8, the crowd with one accord were giving attention to what was said by Philip as they heard and saw the signs he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in the city. And here's your command. Mark 16, verse 15. And he said to them, go into all the world, not just where you're comfortable. Preach the gospel to all creation, not just the ones that you deem worthy. He who has believed and has been baptized shall be saved. But he who has disbelieved shall be condemned. These signs will accompany those who have believed. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up serpents. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. These signs will what? It didn't say you're the sign. It didn't say you have to do anything. Brandon, come here. So this is Big Diddy. Ever since Paige got pregnant, Brandon's been Big Diddy. So anywhere I go, Big Diddy accompanies me. And when I need something, I see a person needing healing, I need the power of Big Diddy flowing through me because I'm going to lay hands on this sick person. And I'm going to say, healing be in Jesus' name. And these signs accompany me because Big Diddy accompanies me. Thank you, sir. It is the Father accompanying you that is causing these signs and wonders and miracles. It is in no way, shape, or form you. Now, maybe I'm the only one who's done this. I'm sure y'all were so much more mature than me. But I've had times where God has said, I need you to go do this. And I'm like, but Lord, you don't know me. You don't know, if that itself wasn't stupid enough, you don't know what I did, but God... I've got this issue, and I've got this issue. 
His word says, but these signs will accompany those who believe. He said, do you believe I am Lord? Yes, sir. Do you believe Jesus is my son? No question. Do you believe that he died and rose again on the third day for you? Yes, sir. Do you believe that when he rose, you rose with him? Yes, sir. That's a whole lot of belief there, isn't it? Yes, sir. Then go. We make it so much harder than what it's got to, believe, got to be. He said simply, go. These signs will accompany you if you believe. Who believes? Guess what, y'all? Signs are going to accompany you. Not because of you. Not because of how great you are. Not because of how great anything you've done but because of how great your daddy is. Big daddy is a great daddy to Lizzie, a great husband to Paige, but he's a man. That means he will make errors. That means he will mess up at some point. And he'll get up and he'll dust himself off and he'll keep going. But we've got the daddy. He makes no mistakes. He made no mistake when he breathed life into you. He made no mistake when he sent his son to die for you. He makes no mistake when he provides every good and perfect gift for you. He makes no mistakes when he says every spiritual blessing in heavenly places is yours. See, you've got the good, good father that makes no mistakes. That means you're not a mistake. That means the call upon your life, it's not a mistake. He wasn't trying to point and accidentally point to the wrong person. He said, you, you have a call on your life. You will go. You will lay hands on the sick and signs will follow you because I have ordained you to be my child. Make no mistake. You are a priceless treasure in the kingdom of heaven. And that's why you're here. There is no accident. I don't care what happened in conception. There is no accident. You are here. You were known before the womb, called with a purpose to go into all the world, to preach the gospel to every living creature, to heal the sick, and to raise the dead. These signs will accompany us. So I want to ask you right now, close your eyes. If there is anybody here that is not secure in who you are in Christ, if you don't know that you know that he is your Lord, today is the day that that can change. You are so precious to him. If you think there may be question, then I want you to raise your hand because he just says if you believe, that's all he needs you to do. Just believe and I will use you to make this place great. Just believe I will use you to help people. He just needs someone who's willing to believe. If you need me to pray with you today, to just believe, raise your hand. I am happy to do that. Live stream, if you're watching and you're not sure, send us a message. We are happy to pray with you. Somebody can call you or we can message you, but we want to get the good news to you of who you are. You've been called with a purpose. You are blessed and highly favored. Anybody else? 
All right. Look up. If there is anybody here who is not sure that healing is for them, let's talk. But if there's anybody here that needs healing in your body, I want you to come up and we're going to lay hands on the sick. And I'm telling you right now, there's a whole host of people here that believe. You may have walked in sick, but you don't have to walk out. It's a free gift. Rip it open like Luke does his presence. But if you need that gift of healing, today is your day to open that gift.
there anybody else that needs prayer? would be completely prideful to think that healing was only for us to think I'm a child of God and daddy just wants me healed because he loves me and that's it you are a child of God and you are healed because daddy loves you but that is so not it there is so much more he likes to show us off if he had Facebook he'd be posting our pictures everywhere because he wants people to see his goodness. Because he wants people to know that that goodness is for them. You were called into the kingdom. You were blessed with every gift because he needs you. You see, he's the healer. He's the anointing and he's the power, but we get the privilege to partner with him. We get the ones to be his hands and his feet. We get to be his voice box to this world. Romans 10 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word. Today you heard the word, a whole lot of it. And I did that on purpose. You should not walk out of here today questioning that healing is for all. That every disease, named and unnamed, is under the curse, and Christ has crushed that curse. Your job now is pretty simple. Mark 16, go, believe, and lay hands on them. Pray with them. Sometimes laying hands with them is just going up to them and going, Hey, blessings be. Healing be. Healing doesn't have to be hard. They don't have to wait to come to an altar. They can run into you with the shell when you're filling up with gas and come up to you and say, Hey, so good to see you. How you doing? Well, oh, well, let me pray for you. Blessings be in Jesus' name in every way. Peter just walked by and his shadow hit them. That was it. Because the anointing was upon him. The anointing, the very same anointing is upon you. Don't leave that gift at the foot of the cross. 
Go out today knowing and believing that you have a purpose and that you have a call. Lord, I'll go to the daycare Monday. I will go and I will believe. And I'll do whatever you need me to do. And as I'm wiping pudding off the face, blessings be in this child in every way. As I'm helping them wash their hands, the love of God be in this child. He will take it home to mommy and daddy. As we're working at Burger King, Lord, thank you for the honor of blessing this food that goes into everybody. I thank you, Lord, that as they eat this, they are nourished with your goodness and with your blessing because I anoint this, this burger. I anoint these fries. I anoint this cash I'm handing back. It is blessed and highly favored with the blessing of God upon it. Because that burger they're ingesting, that receipt you're handing back, may be the only touch of God they get today. So you purpose yourself to go, whatever you're doing, forging a knife. Lord, this is going to be the most blessed and anointed knife. Everything it touches, the blessing of God is upon it. This is who you are. So go. Believe. In Jesus' name.